0: I wanna join Emily, the worship team and Marco in welcoming you to church today. Um, If we haven't met before, my name is Lucas. I'm actually the worship pastor. Most weeks you'll find me leading, but this week Ryan Snow, our lead pastor is out of town. So he extended the invitation for me to get to teach and share with you today. And I'm really excited to get to do that. Um, Before we jump in, yeah, sweet. Thanks fam, appreciate you. Thanks. You, you have no idea if it's gonna be good yet, so thank you. We'll, we'll hold the applause till after the talk. No, I'm just kidding, send it. Uh, but hey, we got a testimony. We love to share stories about the way God moves, how he works. Um, we see in scripture that there is power in our testimony, even sometimes more than like a well-crafted message, God will use our testimony to draw other people to him. So um, my friend Paul Dawson has just, it's been on his heart to share a part of his testimony. So I wanna hand over the mic and let's just hear how God has worked in his life and then we'll continue with our message. There you go, brother. Is this one? Should be. As,
1: as some of Not you know, yet. And I Let me see. <laughs> how about Marcos? As some of you know in 2010 I developed internal gangrene due to a leak in my intestine. While I was in the emergency room I went into a coma. The doctors had to operate twice and they walked out twice on the operation and said his vital signs are so low that he can't survive. And then they came up, they finished both operations. On the eighth day of being in the coma, Selena, who was the children's minister here, came to check on me at the hospital. And she asked the nurse, she says, how's he doing? The nurse says, he's just hanging on. So she grabbed all the people that she could get. They got into her room and they started praying. While this was going on, I had an out-of-body experience. I walked with Jesus. I was walking down this golden path. He came up behind me and says, come go with me. So we walked down this golden path and then all at once he stopped. And he says, it's not yet your turn. Hmm. When he said that, I came out of the coma. When I came out of the coma, the nurse went down and told Selena he came out of the coma. Selena came and told me, she said, I gathered 52 people in that room. We all started praying for you. And she said, when the nurse came down and told me that you had came out of the coma, she said, God told me, if there's that many people praying for this man... Who am I to deny? So, with the grace of God and the power of prayer, I am here. But I... (laughs) Yes. Thank you, But I had another miracle happen this past Friday, and it was due to a prayer that was answered. I have been struggling with different things this fall, and I have got home heating bills of nine almost $900 twice this this winter and I saw the heating oil man pull in Friday morning and I just broke out in tears oh no Lord please not another bill like this so I sat in the chair refusing to go to the mailbox because I knew that's where you always put the bill I went to the mailbox about four o'clock that afternoon There was a note in the mailbox that said, your heating oil has been paid. It's a gift from God. So thank you, Jesus. Wow. (laughs) So believe me, prayer works, and God answers us.
0: Amen. Mm, amen. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Wow. What, like, there's something about the realness of God that... I pray it for myself, a lot of times for my team, for you guys, it's like, we can know a lot about God, but in those moments, like what Paul's explaining, it's like the realness of God breaks into our lives, right? And I just, if you haven't had an encounter or a moment like that, I don't want you to feel excluded, but ask God, like, I hear about you, but I want you to become more real to me, right? And those moments, those just undeniable markers on our journey of the realness of God in our life. So let's give it up for Paul again. It takes a lot of courage to come up and to share. And that just, that fuels our faith. I wanna ask like, and if if you're not connected here yet, you might not know, but like, if you're part of the home church, like who's feeling excited about what God's been doing here? Like he has been just blowing through this place in a powerful way. And if like, we had a service following Asbury where like we had a message and everything planned and instead we just worshiped for two hours. Like the Lord just interrupted what we wanted to do. We've been seeing people being healed physically. God's showing up and moving with different healings. Someone that came in with hand issues and had healing and other stories within our prayer and our worship times. And how about last week? Like Apostle Moses, right? If you were here for it, we had a fella from Uganda come. He leads about 20,000 people, right? A disciple movement. And we're just saying, hey, we wanna to try to do what you're doing. Will you tell us what you're doing and show us how to do it? Because we wanna do that right here. It's been powerful, right? And I ask like, who's excited? Cause I'm excited, right? Like God is up to something. And if you're, it feels like people in church always say that, but it actually like, it feels a little different. That's not like a bribe. It's just like, it really feels like the Lord is doing a different move on the earth right now. So I ask you because I'm with you, I'm excited. I keep feeling this passion, right? This desire to do the stuff that we're talking about. And along with that passion and desire, I also keep feeling this, why is this so hard? Right? Like anybody, like it's like, I feel this like, yes, come on. And then it's like, like, why is it so hard though? Or at least to me, why does it feel so hard at times? Like even like, we'll go to that Saturday training and I'm like, yes, I can do this. Like we can make disciples, we can do it. And then by Tuesday, it's like, like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm insecure. I'm making selfish decisions. I'm having a hard time saying yes to God. I'm like, ah, like, right. We get that big burst of passion, but then this feeling comes of why is this so hard? And I'm just speaking for myself. Don't let me put anything on you, but I just wonder, is anyone else like feeling a little bit of that? Yeah. And I I wholeheartedly believe in the call and I'm so grateful for Ryan and the call on this church to make disciples, to do church a little differently. It's nothing against what anyone else is doing. I think God's growing that in a lot of churches, but it's like you get that passion level on Sunday, but then on Monday, it's like, this is hard. Like this gets hard. And I've been bringing that feeling to God in prayer a lot. I've been just praying out to the Lord, like. I feel passionate, but I feel like this is hard. I feel desire, but I feel like I'm just struggling to follow through, to act it out, to really live the way that I get excited about. And I've just been praying and just bringing that to Jesus. And I feel like he's kind of responded. I feel like there's some thoughts he's given me about that. So that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today is just, it's a, we call that a Kairos moment. You might hear us use that word, Ryan use that word. That's just like when the Lord speaks, right? When he makes something apparent or kind of intercepts your thoughts and what's going on and kind of like a aha moment with Jesus. I felt like this week as I was praying, I had one of those related to like, why is this so hard? Right, so I'm praying that to Jesus and just saying like, Lord, I have this passion, but I'm missing some of the follow through. And I'm saying, why is this so hard in my prayer? And I just felt like the Lord simply respond to me and say, you serve two masters. You serve two masters. And that can feel like super convicting and shameful. It actually didn't. It felt like, like a statement that could unlock freedom. Right, Like that can feel like, gosh, I'm the worst, but it really felt like the Lord was like starting to give me the key to like, this is why this can feel so hard. It's cause you're kind of like trying to do the world thing and kind of trying to do the God thing. And it can be tough to do both. It was like this, this piece of freedom, like the key of, hey, this might unlock making this a little bit easier in your life. So that's what we're gonna talk about today is this idea of two Masters, right? Learning a little bit of where that comes from and how in our own lives, maybe we can reflect and work on just devoting ourselves to the one true master. All right, so let's pray, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you so much for the sweetness of just your spirit and your presence as we worship you, Lord um, God, I pray for those maybe starting to see you differently and desiring a touch from you or a, a life-changing encounter. God, I pray that that would just start to flow in people's lives, Lord. Jesus, I pray just for our time today. Um, I pray you would just come, Lord. You, you gave me a Kairos moment that only you can give to other people. So let it not be my words, but let it be your spirit um, that just reveals itself to other people today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. All right, so this idea, two masters, right? If some of you, like, you hear that and you nod and you think familiar, you know, because there's a verse that talks about that, but maybe that's new for you of serving two masters. It comes from Matthew 6, 24, and it says this, the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the thought is that we probably all have different masters in our life, that we struggle with, right? And we can start working on maybe identifying those, how to see those. Maybe some of you already have things, like maybe you're bad at the same stuff I'm bad at, right? Or you're struggling with things that are already coming to your mind. But I wanna just take a minute and pause. And to me, identifying your masters, it comes from like self-reflection and it also just comes from asking the Lord to reveal those things. So I've got a couple questions that I just wanna give us a minute to think about. Right, that might help us start to identify. And maybe you take a picture of these questions or you write them down and take them home um, because we probably won't solve this today. Odds are we won't, but you're welcome to find some space this week, next week, and probably most days after that, to keep processing you know, your surrendering fully to the Lord. So the questions are this, how we might identify some masters in our life. What influences or controls my actions? So we're kind of thinking about physical behavior, right? Like what is causing me to do the things I do? I kind of phrased it differently. And the second question is, what regularly informs the why behind the what? Or like many of us do a lot of things, but we maybe don't know, like why did you ever do something? You're like, why did I do that? Like that, like what, or you know, you do something silly or you do something you don't even like, you're like, I don't even like that about myself. Like, why do I do that? You know, or if if you're trying to walk with Jesus, you do something really off cue from that. Like, why do I do that? Right? So, why? You have to ask yourself, like, what is informing that behavior or that action? And could it be like a master in my life that is in control? And then, lastly, what influences or controls my thoughts? and my feelings, right? So we wanna look at our physical behavior and our actions. We also wanna take a look under the hood, right? We wanna look inside and see what's going on. Um, For some of us, we're pretty solid at like what the external might look like, but on the inside, maybe there are some major wrestlings that are going on with other things. Maybe maybe, like this is a light bulb that you're learning, like that happens to your pastors too. Like we come up here and like God's giving us something or we worship or we do things. Like there are still things on the inside that God is shaping and changing in each of us, right? So we want to look inside. What might be informing my thoughts or my feelings? You know, so just take some time this week. Really sit with that. So that's kind of an uncomfortable thing to think about, but start to process what that might be, you know, here, like just a quick example, if you're still kind of like, okay, what do I do with that? Might just be, I don't know. Okay. So like what influences or controls my actions? Example would be every month, at least where I live, I get something in the mail that I have to pay so I can keep living in my house. It's called a mortgage, right? And it's like every time, like the what and the why, like the what is I pay my mortgage. Why? Because I like my house, right? And that's straightforward. That's very simple. But What if the what is every month, like I can't afford my house because I I bought something out of what I could afford because I'm so concerned on living in a certain area that maybe I can't live in, or I'm so concerned on what other people think about my house or my things or my stuff, right? So I'm overspending, Right? And I can't afford my mortgage, so the what is every month I have anxiety about that because I chose to live outside of my means because I need people to like me and think I'm awesome. It's like, oh, now we're kind of starting to see some of that. And that's, like, that's an example, like if you're like me, if you have fear of man and approval issues, that would probably resonate to you. Um, luckily, we didn't do that when we bought our second house, so we're doing all right, no worries. You don't have to tithe any extra for me to make my mortgage this month, <laughs> we're doing solid. I mean, feel free to tithe extra, but just you don't have to do it for that, right? So these are examples, right? So so sit with that this week. Maybe you have things already popping up, right? But please take a minute and just sit with that. I was thinking of these questions and I was thinking, how cool would it be if our first answer to every question was Jesus? Like what influences my actions? It's like, "Oh, I'm I'm not concerned about all these things that say I need to do this or do that or act this way." Like, "No, I I check with Jesus. I pray about it. I like I I filter it through this book and like that's why I do the things that I do." Or like my thoughts and my feelings. It's like, "Oh, you think I feel a certain way because of how you think about me?" Like, "Oh, no, it's just Jesus. Like I just check with Jesus. I just see how he's feeling about me and that's how I live my life." And I saying that, it's like it almost sounds ridiculous like ridiculously awesome, Amen. right? <laughs> like, what if Jesus was actually the first answer to every one of those questions? It's not for me, but the Lord's actually, I think I used to think that was unattainable. And I'm like, you know what, forget that. I'm gonna think it's attainable because I really want that for myself. And like Marco said, like the reason the Lord did all that he did, I think is to make that attainable or at least worth working towards, right? Right? Not in my own strength, but really just in his. So that's probably changed in me. I used to think like, no, I probably just stink at this forever. And the Lord's like, why, man? Why not just believe that what I did for you could actually reshape your life and the way you see things? Right? I love that. Seems ridiculous. Ridiculously awesome. Right? So let's do it. Let's be ridiculously awesome. So I wonder for you, like, what are some of those things? Some of those masters we have the mic up here from Paul. No, I'm just kidding, uh, right? But you gotta take him to God, right? You gotta turn that back to him. You have to repent and confess and say, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with this. You know, maybe for you, it's similar things like what I'm wrestling with. Maybe it's something related to you know, your image. Maybe it's something different than what we're talking about right now. Maybe it's like something you're stuck in addiction Maybe there's an alcohol issue or a pornography issue or an obsession with money or work. Maybe you're stuck under the master of comparison or of worry, right? That's huge. That master of constantly feel the need to worry, right? The list goes on. But do some of that homework this week and assess. And even if you aren't, like you're not walking with Jesus yet or you're not sure about Jesus, you just happen to be here. Like, I'm so glad you're here. And I think this is good self-assessment even if Jesus hasn't made the list yet because we might be quick to see all these things that inform and influence and shape us. We might be like, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that to be the thing that defines me. And maybe you're learning today, like I'm gonna try to add Jesus to the list. I've tried everything else. I might just be ready to try adding Jesus to the list and that's gonna be awesome and we'll make some space for that in a minute. But all these masters, right? They're just results of this broken world. Desires of our brokenness and of our flesh. It says this in 1 John 2.15, it says, "'Do not love this world, nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our own achievements and possessions.'" Ouch. "'These are not from the Father, but are from this world.'" And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Right? I'm just trying to walk more deeply in the reality that I actually can release myself from the things of this world. That's that, like the song we've been singing that I wrote out of Colossians. It's like, like, I can do that. Like I can die to myself and I can walk with Jesus. Like that can actually be a reality. All right, so Jesus, I think his invitation today is for us to lay down some earthly masters so that we can go all in on the one true master and we can start that process by identifying in our own lives what some of those masters might be. All right, so let's say we've done that work. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've already got something coming to your mind, you relate with me, or maybe this week, you're gonna go home and sit with that and process and ask the Lord to search you. Let's say you come up with something That's awesome. Well, I don't know if I'd say it's awesome, but we probably all have something. So that's awesome that you did that and you came up with something, right? What do we do with that? Like, what do we do with those masters that we come up with? Here, like, again, I'm not an expert, but I'm just gonna share with you what I'm trying. And so far it's working all right. Um, But I I just wanna share with you the journey I'm on, but I think there's some stuff the Lord will help us to lay down, right? The word that comes to mind as far as actually changing our masters once we've identified them is recalibrate right we are naturally calibrated to society to culture to media to politics to junk whatever you know all this stuff we just naturally are like in we just we're born into it, right and I, here's the thing like if you're like this is just like this is forever and always since sin entered the world, right? Like just look back hundred years, a thousand years. Like if you feel like this is just today's issue, it's not. This is just like brokenness issues, right? So we, we But we naturally just fall in line because that's just kind of how the enemy, well, the trap that he set us up to be in. So we have to recalibrate if we wanna adjust our masters. I promise you identifying it won't be enough. Like that's just the truth. Like you can point it out that will not release you from it. Right? And I pray that the Lord supernaturally will release us. I've been praying that and he still has yet to do that for me, but he's given me this alternative of day by day recalibrating right, my thoughts and my desires and my actions. It says this in Romans twelve two. it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. All right, so we wanna recalibrate our thinking. We're gonna work on our actions too, but it's gotta start with our thoughts, like we see here in Romans. So a quick example of that for me, this week, like as I've been working on this, right? Releasing, like why is this hard? Because I have a fear of man and a desire of this world, and I wanna release that. So how have I been recalibrating? There was a day this week that I got a phone call from a company called Sweetwater Music, right? It's kind of like Guitar Center, Willis Music. It's over in Indiana. Um, I often buy if we need gear for church, right? So they're like the Chick-fil-A of music companies, no doubt, like their customer service is like top notch, right? I don't know if they're as tight with the Lord as Chick-fil-A, but they seriously love to, like every time I order something, they just call me. I'm like, is everything okay? Oh yeah, we're just checking in oh, cool, how's that gear doing for you? I'm like, good, right? So they're, they're rock stars. So I got a call from them this week because I placed an order and this guy, um, he reaches out and just says, hey, we got your shipping label. We're about to send it out. And just like, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. And we just kind of naturally just kind of start having conversation and just a little bit about life and things beyond the gear that I had ordered And he starts talking about, and he's like, well, I've been trying to get up early and I've been really working on this weight loss journey, but my sleep has just been all messed up and I'm struggling with that. And like my stress is off, which I think is why I'm not really losing the weight and my cortisone levels. And it's just like, wow, like, thank you. Like, that's so sweet that you would share that with me. And instantly like that God light bulb goes on of like, like, oh, you could pray for this person, right? Like, this is just like, just like, God's lofting it up and just like waiting for me to smack it, right? It's like, like, you could pray. That would be just a really easy opportunity. But what instantly comes in? That other master. Oh, why would you do that? Oh, that'll be super weird. What if he, said, what if he says no? That would be just awkward. What if you pray and nothing happens? Oh, he's probably gonna think Jesus is worse if you pray and nothing happens. Or like, look, you think you can just hijack this phone conversation, this nice man is at work, and you're gonna make it about Jesus now. Like, is that fair to him? Is that what he signed up for? Right, all like, hey, I need this guy to like me. I need the world to like me. I fear his thoughts and his opinions about me. And I quickly just had to be like, no. Since I'm preaching on this this week, I need a good example, Lord. I have to say yes. <laughs> gotcha. No. It preach. Y'all should preach sometime. It's very convicting. Um, it really is. You're like, I'm bad at all of this, but I'm going to tell other people to try to be good at it, right? But we're all just trying to be better at it together, and that's the journey of loving Jesus. Ryan's never let me do this again. This is awesome. Um, right? So I start like I'm going to recalibrate, and I just start taking those thoughts right as they come. I'm just like, Jesus, this is not an accident. This is an opportunity, Amen. right? Jesus, you love this guy and you wanna use me to show him how much you love him. Jesus, you do have the power and authority to change this situation and turn his heart towards you. I don't know if he knows you but or make it closer to you through this healing. Um, and more than all of this, Jesus, you are my master and I would rather serve you than serve my fear of man, Right? So good news, I did it, right? I, I just said, hey, I just hear you. There's a lot going on. I don't know where you're at with Jesus, but I'd love to just pray for you. I feel like the Lord cares about that you're trying to lose weight. He cares about your stress and your sleep. So I just, could we just pray together that maybe God would do something in that and change that? All right? that's a, like, if you're ever unsure how to start that, it's just like, just letting them know that the Lord cares about what's going on and just saying, I'd love to just pray with that. And thankfully, he's like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome, right? So we get to take a minute and we get to pray. Um, And it really wasn't profound. Like, it wasn't really that crazy. Um, Like, he didn't, like, it wasn't the second coming of Jesus. And he, he didn't drop the phone and fall on the floor. And I just heard, like, speaking in tongues in the background. Like, it wasn't that crazy. But what it was, it was a profound statement of my obedience to the one master and not to the other. Right? So it's like, sometimes we have to choose, like, come on, Jesus, you're awesome. Um, Like, we have to choose, like, what's my responsibility? Not healing this guy. That's the Lord's responsibility. What's my responsibility? Trying my best to say yes to the opportunity the Lord puts in front of me. Right? And here's the thing. He, He doesn't do that any different with me than he wants to with you. Some of you probably do that even better than me. He wants to give you opportunities to love other people into relationship with himself. But our obsession with all these sucky masters, right, is preventing us from serving the one master, which is also now rippling out and preventing other people from knowing the goodness of God because I'm too obsessed with fear of man, right? I'm just like, get out of here. Like, let's go all in for Jesus, right? So that's just an example, right? That's a way that I've been processing that this week is recalibrating, right? Taking those lies from the enemy and speaking truth in life and saying yes to what God has. A picture came to my mind with that. And it's like, any people in here that watch Lord of the Rings? Right? any takers? If you don't, then just bypass the next like 30 seconds. There's a scene with Gollum where he is like, he's it's Gollum and Smeagol. It's that little like wild creature. He's like wrestling with himself because Gollum's kind of evil and wants to get the ring and kill everybody. And Smeagol's kind of sweet and just wants to love Frodo, right? And he's wrestling with himself and he's it's Smeagol talking to Gollum. And he says, leave now and never come back. Leave now and never come back. Leave now and never come back, right? And then... He was gone. And the next scene, you kind of see him like frolicking through the meadows, right? Like all joyful and happy. And I just thought that's such a powerful statement of like, leave now and never come back. All right? We have to speak that over those other masters. And sometimes it feels like we're out of control of if they try to come back or not, but every time we can go back to it, right? Recalibrate our hearts for Jesus. Also, if you've watched to the end of Lord of the Rings, don't hold on to the Smeagol Gollum example because he kind of loses it in the end. So, not, but that scene is money for what we're talking about. So hold on to that. All right, so we gotta identify some masters, right? Maybe one of them is Jesus, right? And we're working towards that and we're trying to release ourselves from the others. We have to recalibrate, you know, our self-talk. I'm gonna run out of time, but we have other, you have to recalibrate your actions too. I'm pretty good at recalibrating like the internal, but I often don't actually do anything external about that. So like this stuff, up, prayer, worship, Bible, fasting, other things, right? Um, right? in, discipleship, community, life together, following other people, having other people follow you, pouring into them, out, serving, generosity, giving, loving people into the kingdom, right? Like those, that should be the outflowing of all of that. So we also wanna recalibrate our actions, right? Which is more what the Lord's working on in me. It's like, I'm doing all right. I know how he sees me in certain things, but he's like, hey, then why do you say no more than yes? It's like, I don't know, right? Then why do you struggle to do this? So we wanna do both, recalibrate our thoughts and our actions. And to me, like the simplest way to serve one master is to die, right? And I don't mean by like, if you've said yes to Jesus and you die and then you, you, like, you bypass all the rest of the hard stuff and you just go to heaven, it's dying to this world, right? Dying to ourselves so that Christ can come alive in us. Dying to those other masters so that Jesus can take up space and authority in my life. The ultimate power move in order to serve one master is to die. We have to surrender We have to give up and even I've been, I think I've been following Jesus my whole life. I don't think I was baptized as a baby. It was sometime like elementary school, but I just grew up in church. Even 28 years later, I'm still like trying to just day by day, pick up my cross, day by day, die to myself, day by day, say yes to the Lord more than I say no, right? Colossians three, it says this about this idea of, of dying to ourselves. It says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all his glory. That's it. Just like, Lord, I wanna share in your glory. So help me to die. Help me to shake off these silly, broken things that maybe have been haunting me or haunting you for years. We've just come so accustomed to living with one foot in both worlds. I know I have. Even as a pastor, as a worship leader, it just, there's so many things that the Lord just like, you, you don't have to serve those masters. Like you can release them and you can serve me only. And ultimately, it's right that this all came from that. Like, why is this so hard? Right? I get excited, but then I don't follow through. I, I get hype. You know, we have such like a hype culture in church, which I like hype. Y'all should see me at like football games and stuff, but. And it's good, we should get hyped about Jesus. But what happens is like, we get hyped in here about Jesus. And then we go and we don't do anything. sometimes I don't, right? And it's like, the Lord is saying he has more. So it's like, I almost like, what if we like squash the hype a little bit and we can still be excited and cheer and stuff. And what if we raised up what we do the rest of the week, right? Maybe we can keep the hype and just raise that too. It's fun to be hyped. Like, Jesus is amazing. Like, if that doesn't get us excited, we're probably not alive yet. But it's like our Christian culture these days is just like rah, rah, Jesus, do nothing. I don't know. I've just been wrestling with that a lot. It's like we turn on a video of people singing and like, that looked awesome. They all look super hipster and we're shouting. And it's like, but like, what does our lives actually look like? Not the moments when we're here together. And it's like, in our lives, are we serving the one master, right? I've heard Ryan use this phrase that says, we die all at once and then one day at a time. And I think following Jesus is very true. Sorry to be so morbid, um, but it's like we have that moment. It's that could be called salvation. Maybe you've made that decision or not yet today, but where we say yes to Jesus and we like say, we want your way more than our way. Like we're saying, yes, that's salvation, right? The first kind of in-breaking in our turn towards God. But then there's this other word called sanctification. And that's the dying every day. That's the picking up our cross every day. That's the daily saying. I was talking to my mom about this this week and she was saying how she's been praying most days or trying to as she's sensing the Lord moving. Like my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. Like my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. So how can I serve the one master? Maybe that's a prayer you need to take home today. Lord, I want to serve one master. My life is not my own. It was bought with a price. I know up front I said this was more of like a freeing message than a condemning message. I'm sorry if that seems not to be that way. It's heavy, but it's actually freeing. Right? I don't like. I don't think the Lord is mad at us. I mean, he wants more for us, but like, that's the story of this book, right? Is people like getting it right and then getting it wrong and then Jesus. And that's kind of our story too, but I just feel like the things we wanna see happen, like a move of God in Northern Kentucky that just changes our whole city, like God's like, okay, you're gonna have to like step in a little bit more, right? my life impacting hundreds and thousands of people for Jesus. He's like, okay, like I wanna do that too, but you're gonna have to really commit to just serving me, right? So don't feel the weight of it. Like you, if you read about Israel or like think about Peter, the guy last week, he's building his rock upon, denies him and then Jesus gives him that other chance when he comes back and says, do you love me, right? It, it's our, just our journey as broken people, but the Lord is in the process of redeeming that and redeeming us so that we can serve the one master. So I just want you to be encouraged today. If this is hard for you, if, if our vision and heart of doing church differently is hard for you, right, that's okay, right? Why is this so hard? I think Jesus is inviting us just to commit and surrender to what he has. So we're going to spend some time as we begin to close doing what we call ministry time. Um, so ministry time is it's kind of the end of the service, but really it's just like part three, worship message ministry, right? It's kind of our vision. And that's where we make space and we pray for each other. Right? so maybe there's something that was shared or said today that stirred your heart and you need prayer for. We would love to do that. I'll go ahead and invite the prayer teams to come forward. Um, right? maybe you just need to sit and rest on some of the things that have been shared. But here's what I wanna do. If you're here and you're learning maybe for the first time about this master named Jesus, and you're seeing all the other masters in your life and you're feeling like, you know what? I'm ready to say yes to that one master. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you've been really far from that and you're kind of saying, I wanna come back to that. When we close, I'd invite you to come, I'm gonna be down here, come see myself or others, and we'll just pray with you right here and now and just point you back towards Jesus, the one true master. Right, I also feel there are others. Um, maybe like you're walking with Jesus, but you need to let go of those other masters. We wanna pray with you. Maybe similar to me, most of your life, you've wrestled to find peace and contentment. Right, we wanna pray with you. Maybe like me, you're burdened with that fear of approval, the fear of man, like that's just resonating today. We want to pray with you. Maybe you need help making Jesus the one master. I know I do. We want to pray together with you. And lastly, maybe like me, you have been feeling that fire and passion a lot lately, but that quickly is withering out. And you just wanna say, Lord, I wanna burn for you. I don't want it to wither out tomorrow when I leave. I don't want it to wither out on Tuesday. I wanna burn for you. When we pray together, God does something in our body, in our community, that we can't always do on our own. That's the power of ministry and of prayer. So I'll pray and we'll kind of close. But if, if you don't fit that list, then I think you're lying. Um, so that means everybody should get prayer. No, I'm just, I mean, you don't have to, but maybe just do it. Like, I think there's just people that are just, you want to, but you just keep not doing it. That's just fear of man, right? Like, no, this junk is everywhere, right? Just everywhere, all the time. Like, just do it. Because coming up and getting prayer might be the thing that sparks that change for you, that sparks that desire and commitment to the one master. Um, and we're gonna believe that it can and that it will. So if, if you, you know, don't come up and get prayer, I'll still love you, but you can grab your kids, you can head out to the lobby, you can just rest and just kind of pray as ministry's happening. But, you know, ministry, it's part of the service. It's not just we end, it's how we close. We pray for each other. God uses the body to encourage the body, right? Um, So Jesus, we thank you that you are so gracious and so kind to us that even though we can sometimes struggle to serve you, um, you just continue to give us opportunities. And Lord, we are just overwhelmed by your grace and your love, Lord. But God, we also feel you lighting a fire and you calling us anew. And we feel the way you wanna move through your people, God. And we wanna be people that say yes to you. We wanna be people that our greatest allegiance is to the one master and his name is Jesus. So Lord, I pray you'd give us courage to assess our lives. That can be scary, Lord. I pray you'd give us just the thought to continue recalibrating our internal talk and our actions. Bring us someone to keep us accountable, Jesus. And I pray you'd give us just the freedom to die to ourselves, to die to this world and really go all in for you, Lord. We thank you that you are enough, that your grace is enough and that you're calling us deeper day by day, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as we, thanks gang. Um, again, as we close, we'd love to pray with you. I'll come down. If you wanna say yes to Jesus as your master for the first time, I'll be here to pray with you. But please come forward and receive All right, we'd love to pray.